You're listening to the Wisecast, brought to you by Ethos Youth Center. This is your host Tyson, and with us today is also another Wisecast host. Um, but we're going to be interviewing uh, her. So, Isabel, if you could introduce yourself, what's your name? Uh, my name is Isabel Sainer, and I've been a a uh, youth counselor program coordinator at Ethos for about a year. Um, and I'm just looking forward to creating art with young people and influencing youth culture. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Yeah, it's good to have you have you on the team. So you've been here with us for about a year now? Yeah, okay. a year, uh, like the middle of February. Gotcha. Cool, yeah. cool. I just joined the team or rejoined the team in Ethos capacity. Uh, myself, actually, just uh, a couple months ago. So, yeah, this is kind of all new for me uh, as well. So this is awesome. Um, Isabel, so what are some of your hobbies? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I will, you obviously said you like art. Yeah, so I spend a lot of time uh, doing different kinds of art. I would say I, would, I invest a lot of my time and money in buying different materials and arts and paints and all sorts of things. Um, I also really enjoy listening to music and um, I have like my little ukulele (laughs) that I like will play things on. Um, And that's really all that I've like, I'm able to focus on right now with like work. Uh, It's just finding like time to do the little things that make you happy is what I'm like really focused on. Cool. So you said, so what's your favorite medium? Like, it sounds like painting is like your favorite to work in. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the past, I think that I've been really into painting. Uh, but right now I'm just trying to like learn how to sketch better and, um, how to just draw better in general and have better technique. Um, so I can create some really nice pieces. And so that's what I've been working on recently. I just got, uh, like a whole set of sketching pencils that I'm really nice. like I'm using a lot almost every day. So yeah, it's really cool. That's huge. That's that's the hard part is having to do art every day to, to improve and get better. That's like, yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to like learn new things. And I, I've been using like, uh, YouTube a lot to learn how to draw different things, which is like, I never really thought that it would help me as much as it has. Um, nice. And there's, like, a couple different sites where you can, like, subscribe to, like, different people and you have to pay them, but uh, they're, like, these teachers and they'll post videos on how to do things. Um, Is it expensive? It's, I think it's, like, $10 a month, but you have unlimited access to all these other lessons. So I was thinking about investing in that as well. That sounds like a... (laughs) <laughs> be a pretty good investment though like, yeah access to some i mean i guess it depends on your teacher too right yeah and i think it's also helpful because there's so much versatility in it as well like you can um you're investing ten dollars a month to basically uh watch videos by these professionals who yeah. are like making money off of your purchase so it's like they're they have an incentive to do well on something rather than youtube where it's like well i can do this i might as well make a two minute and 30 second video on it whereas uh these uh instructors on this website are actually like going in depth and doing like 30 minute lessons on something that's awesome that's crazy 
Yeah, I mean, who'd have thought you two, really? <laughs> I mean, and I'm sure they're banking on, like, I don't want just five students. Uh, we want to get as many followers as we can. So mm -hmm. I guess if you have a few hundred followers at $10 a pop yeah. a month, you can make some decent money. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, that's crazy. Right on. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> wow. I'm curious as to what you learned. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Right on. Um, whoops. Yeah. So what... So some of your hobby, I guess I can talk about art for hours. That's Forever. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and so quick, no, but let's go into real talk. So if you were to impart your wisdom to an adult about youth culture, what would that be? Um, so I think this also is the same for a lot of just social issues that we face. Um, I think that people can be just really prejudiced for no reason at all. Um, or just they have their reasoning and it's all of their ideas built up from their environment and where they grew up. And I would just like to see more adults being like welcoming to different kinds of people. Um, and I think that we all have something to learn from each other, uh, whether that's positive or negative, that's your own choice. but. I I would like if you are a part of the adult culture that if you have something to share with people share it in a positive way cool so share your wisdom with a young person in a positive way yeah perhaps like more engaging mm -hmm. cool like yeah it. nice I know it's easy for me because I find myself especially now being a, a father of uh what six Four biological daughters and it's like it's easy for me to just want to like tell them and lecture them <laughs> yeah I'm like oh my gosh I sound like my parents <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's super easy to do that and I think it's it's just it's kind of natural for us to want to do that but to be more intentional about trying to engage them yeah you definitely have to be intentional about it and like you said it's the easiest thing to do and I think that we that's naturally we're just going to jump to the easiest thing the first thing that sure. comes to our brain but i think that we need to be more intentional about the interactions that we have with young people because it can go a long way yeah. which is crazy too because it requires you to be really in the moment because mm -hmm. right? i know for me it's i think like well it's just so much easier quicker just to bam you know spit mm -hmm. out your advice and then move on but i mean the reality is it's like that's just not the way we and that's not how we want to be treated, right? Right. Engaged. Mm -hmm. So to actually sit and actually hear them out or ask questions or share your narrative. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. As opposed to just like, here's what you need to do. Pull mm -hmm. your head out. Or whatever, you know. So, cool. Awesome. I like, yeah. Um, yeah, so also I think it's interesting. So you're, what generation are you from? What's your age range? Um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of tricky because I've like done a lot of research on like what generation I'm actually a part of. Um, and there's some articles that say that millennials end at 2000. There's some articles that say millennials end at 1996 and I was born in 1997. So I'm 22 and, um, I've just come to the conclusion that I think it all is really just for marketing in general um, and just to track for marketers to basically like figure out 
how they should try and sell things to people. And uh, which is not, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that or anything because people are oh, just sure. trying to make yeah. their money. Um, yeah. And that's understandable. But uh, I also grew up with really close to my older sister, who's a millennial. So I think that's also why I'm kind of like in the middle of like where I'm at because I grew up, I don't remember TV or computers being a big part of my life until I was like eight or nine. Um, nice. so I like grew up playing outside all the time and like, yeah. or reading or like, did they have smartphones back then? No, I don't think you're so old. Cause it's funny cause it's almost hard to remember our, a time when we didn't have smartphones. Right. The reality is smartphone technology is still super new. Yeah. And we're I... seeing the first generation becoming you know, old teenagers and yeah. they're like the first tech fused where mm -hmm. the smartphones were in their hands and they're more intuitive and speaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think the iPhone, I was just talking about this yesterday, the iPhone 5 didn't come out until I was like a freshman in high school. So mm -hmm. I think that's really when the game changed and um, I never, yeah, I never had a cell phone in elementary school or middle school. Okay. Um, but I just remember kids having like iPod touches. Yes. That was, I think that was the biggest thing. That was like the breakthrough to yeah. the iPod touch. Now they don't mm -hmm. even make them. No. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, it's crazy. Like that was, that was the thing to have yeah. when I was younger growing up. So yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so, so you're, so what's the age difference between you and your sister? Just three years. Three years. Okay. Yeah. So she's probably like, you're kind of what you're saying about like, there's no hard line about what generation you are, right? So yeah. there's like, there's definitely this, um, you know, couple year debate on what generation or when what generation you know, begins. So like, I'm kind of a hybrid between Gen X and Millennial. Yeah. Um, I can identify with Gen X, but I can also identify more so I think with Millennial. Yeah. Which is really interesting. So you're kind of a hybrid of G Millennials and Gen Z. Yeah. Um, so which one do you identify or more relatable based on kind of what you know a little bit about the two different generations? Um, I, I would say that I do identify a little bit more with Gen Z just because of how technology based it is. Like sure. I, I want to take advantage of that because it is available to me and I know how to use it probably a lot better than, um, some populations of the society of our society of our country of our world yeah. like I I have those advancements in my back pocket and I I want to be able to know how to use them and like advance my own career with that um and I I don't see anything like wrong with doing that either even though it for a lot of people it kind of creates a lot of disadvantages sure. um but I do like the technology-based aspect of the Gen Z. Like, I do think it is really empowering as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Gen Z, it's, I mean, so part of that, so Melinda, would you rather travel and go and pay for a really great experience? Or would you rather pay for, like, the most advanced, dopest cell phone? 
that's like one of the things that is really difficult for me to grapple because I've, I think that I've done both of those things at this point. Like I um, have spent, I've gone on trips and spent the money that I could have spent buying a phone. Um, but now I'm looking at it like I, do I have the finances to actually purchase a new phone at this point, even though I'm not planning on traveling? So, and that's the other thing that I uh, was kind of thinking about with this question. I don't think that a lot of where Gen Zers, where Gen Zers are at this point in their life, they're still really young and we're still all really young, I guess. And I don't think that, uh, we really have the financial backing to go on trips. Whereas like you can spend a thousand dollars right now and get that instant gratification of having that phone. Whereas like going on a trip, you could spend a thousand dollars, but there's also the possibility that you're going to spend a lot more than that. Um, and there's a lot more preparation as well, right? mm -hmm. Like that you have to invest to make, to make something happen, to go travel or go experience something. Yeah, and I, I don't know um, as much on how millennials spend their money investing, but I don't, at this point, I don't think that Gen Zers know how to invest. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, that's difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think part of that, it's like interesting because, like, where do they, I mean, you read, I mean, there's so much research out there, but, you know, there's only, I mean, it's kind of, difficult well, where do they get all their information how many people were mm -hmm. on the survey and so yeah, yeah. It, is, it is kind of a generalization obviously but um i think it, it kind of makes sense you know yeah. I mean, especially when you're born into you know a world where technology is what makes the earth spin like yeah. you know what i mean it's almost like this is what makes the world go around yeah you know whereas before that it's like what no mm -hmm. <laughs> you know computers you know anyway so i think it's just yeah. really interesting that that's kind of what informs their worldview. You know I mean? so, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Gen Z. I mean, it's, well, now we're looking at the birthing of, or, you know, the beginning of Gen, Generation Alpha. So I think they're like, uh, I want to say eight years and younger or something like that. Wow. So, the, yeah, so the Gen Z kind of, that's like, they're, they're going to be the one of the largest populations, like, uh, already statistically, apparently, I can't remember what it, what it wow. was, but, um, they're a huge consumer base and we're going to be seeing that in the next 10 years as they become older right yeah um so i think the average is like you know so you're looking at eight years old somewhere around there i think i could be wrong mm -hmm. uh to like what 20 years maybe 20 wow. years old so um yeah and but it's also the most diverse generation we've ever seen or experienced so far which is you know kind of awesome to yeah. see what becomes i'm excited to see what gen z does yeah but, um, so what, so you, I think I asked you kind of roughly, like, what do you identify as? Do you, you said you identify more with Gen Z. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and what are some differences that you can see or observe between Gen Z and millennials and, or Gen Z and adult, adult culture in general? How's that? Um, I think it is, uh, back to the instant gratification thing for sure uh, I think that there's a lot of people 
who are Gen Zers that like are very passionate about the upkeep of their social media. Um, and they need like they need to make sure that their social media is up to date and that they're doing things that make it look like that make their social media look good. And and it's not that millennials don't do that. I think that Gen Zers kind of take it to a new level. Um, and it's not just with like Instagram. Um, I think uh, the things that people are posting on their Snapchat as well is really important. Um, and like having the most amount of friends on your Snapchat and like making sure that you have like the biggest snap average or whatever. Um, Which is interesting because it's not just about like, it's all, it's, it's about engagement as well. Like they're engaged in that, yeah. in that space or that form. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like they're constantly like, and I, what I mean by engaged, like I see my, my daughter's like sending messages and if they send a text they have to send an image with it you know mm -hmm. so they'll send I'm like what they're doing now they'll send like a random picture of like their dog's eyeball <laughs> and I'm like what does this have to do with the conversation <laughs> you know but yeah it's it. still to them it makes sense because that's what is going on currently around yeah them. that's just what you do yeah with it. yeah it, but it's a total engagement they're actually and the person that's viewing it is is feeling like they're part of that experience yeah. and narrative yeah anyway, I don't quite understand <laughs> but it, I mean but it makes sense to them yeah yeah it when I was snapchatting it also made sense to me like that sure. like sending a picture with a conversation that was just what you did like yeah. there's no questions asked it was just doesn't have to make sense nope <laughs> doesn't necessarily have to yeah um yeah and the other thing I've also realized is that like even with the conversations you have on like Snapchat or Instagram, they're not they're not really conversations. They're sure. just um, they're just messages, and they don't really mean anything. And I think the other way that like Snapchat takes it to a new level is that they disappear after you like click away. Like you um, after the picture is taken and then you tap off of it it's gone forever unless it's you know their database but nobody's ever I mean once you tap off of it you can't really access it again yeah. um and so like those conversations that you might be having with somebody they don't really have a whole lot of meaning to you because you'll basically forget them five yeah. seconds after you just read it sure which happens it happened to me all the time. It happens to people all the time. Like after it disappears, you forget what they said and then you have to ask it's again. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. And so I think that also plays a huge role in young people's ability to connect with others as well. Yeah. Um, it just it makes it so hard to like focus on one person yeah. trying to communicate with you. Uh -huh. um, and I've seen that a lot as well. So that's part of that multitasking. <laughs> like, um, they say that the average attention span for Gen Z right now is eight seconds. Which I guess I can relate to because I feel like I've always been like, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't too surprised, but at the same time it makes sense because it's constant stimulation. Mm -hmm. Whether it's Snapchat, Instagram, listening to music, at school, it's like they can multitask like no other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, why well, pay attention at school? Because whatever this teacher is trying to teach me, that it's taken them three weeks to teach me, I can go watch a YouTube video in 10 minutes and mm -hmm. they will summarize it all it's so fast and so rapidly 
then I'll actually absorb it and soak it in. And yeah. then I can move on and do mm-hmm. something else. Right? It's like crazy. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, I've shown I, some of the YouTube. It was like, you know, a glimpse into social justice, a 10 minute summary. And it gives you the whole breakdown of history of law. And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like, in 10 it minutes. It took me 10 years to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. And this fool just knocked it out in 10 minutes, you know? What yeah. I mean? So I, that's pretty crazy. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so the question, what's, an, what's another thing? Is there something else that stands mm. out um, that, you know, Gen Z or this young generation <clears throat> that adults perceive inaccurately that you can think of? Uh, yeah, I think I've, you kind of articulated this idea of reciprocation, but also like constant like engagement. But, um, I mean, it was great. I think that was a great example of like for me I'm like yeah I can't I don't understand all the snapchatting constant <laughs> yeah. ongoing but when you break it down like that I'm like okay I guess I could see that that makes yeah. sense and they're born into that yeah right so is there something else along those lines um I think that uh there's a lot of um I feel a lot of adult pressure even on myself to be involved politically but I also I don't feel like I'm there yet. Like I, I get that politics is really important and that obviously like I'm going to exercise my right to vote um, because I do think it's important um, and I'm going to make the best decision I can. But I also feel like there's a lot of um, pressure on who you choose to be president or who you choose to be your congressman. And I... I also feel that myself and a lot of other Gen Zers just don't care as much as other adults do, other sure. generations do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it could be like an age thing, like maybe we're just, we're not in adult culture enough to like yeah. care about those things as much, but um, I just, I've come to the understanding that honestly, we've voted in so many different presidents and they've all done the same thing that nothing yeah. if something bad happens like okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring it on i guess yeah and i think it's interesting too it's like i mean adult cul- i mean it's not you youth culture is so transparent for the most part and willing um to like address or talk about stuff whereas i feel like the communication to young people about adult culture or politics or however you want to frame it is kind of like being told one thing but being demonstrated totally another. Totally. And I say that because like you see leadership say one thing and then you see this just ridiculously hypocritical things going on in the yeah. background and they're just putting on a front and they're lying so and then you see like Enron and all these crazy like like and we expect young people to believe in these systems where these people are abusing their power and authority and positions, right? Yeah. And yet we're, they're expected to give credence to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's like, it, you know, it's, it's confusing growing up and seeing that constantly. And now it's even more exposure or exposing a lot of these lies and mistruths or whatever to the nth degree because you have so much media on it. You have social media. You have so much. Now you can 
yeah. you can surround yourself with people that are like-minded that aren't even in your geographical location. You can hang out with people in another country because of technology. And so we see a lot of these violations happening around the world. And so yeah. young people are kind of disenfranchised. Um, and then it's easy for us as well as to get mad at that and frustrated when it's not their fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So why would we get mad about it? So I think part of that is like this idea of transparency and change looks very different for them. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to kind of adult culture. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that I'm really inspired and fascinated by is this like young people, like the turtle movement. What do you want to say? Like we, at Pathos, we did the turtle sticker with the Pathos tree and we slapped those on mason jars and use metal straws and yeah. we're, we're handing those out and selling those to people because we're there because young people were like you know they go to starbucks say no we don't want straws right or yeah. whatever they'd be like no those are turtle killers all of a sudden that's why we did it because young people we were inspired by this idea that yeah let's not let's not use these turtle killers stuck in their you know yeah. intestinal tracts and noses and anyway so, but that's because young people are saying this isn't, this is enough is enough. This has to stop. And so right. they're kind of taking a stand and they don't want to use straws. Yeah. Right? You know, to some people like, that's so ridiculous. And I'm like, no, actually it's pretty brilliant, pretty awesome because young people have something to say and believe in a lot more than they're getting credit. Right? Yeah. Um, anyway, it's just pretty awesome to, um, to see some of the, the passions of, of the young generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they definitely are finding a voice. Yeah. But it's kind of happening in different ways. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, awesome. Um, I guess we could, we could probably talk for hours about young <laughs> yeah. youth culture, dude. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about going back to the kind of what you were talking about, social change with young people. Um, I think that there's the things that young people are concerned about um, and want social change to happen with are not the things that politicians are talking to and addressing to us. Um, and so I think that plays a big factor in what we want to talk about and what we want to change. Yeah, that's huge. Well, and it's so interesting too. It's like, it's kind of like with, um, you know, being a pathos and starting the business with young people is like this. It's like, if you're not engaged, if you don't have any social media presence as a business, you're not yeah. engaging your future consumers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, your whole consumerism base is the next generation coming up, right? Yeah. And it's crazy because one of the research is, is young people would rather be um, confronted or reached out to on Instagram than any other form of, of marketing. Yeah. So they want you to contact them via Instagram with a good product. Yeah. Right. And this makes sense. And I'm like, oh, because now I'm seeing these crazy commercials. I'm like, wow, that's really, you know, I'm scrolling. and I'm like, why is this popping up? I'm kind of annoyed. But then I realize they're doing it because they're trying to, they're trying to educate the young people Mm -hmm. to buy their product. Right. Yeah. And it's good. Some of them are really good products. It's good quality because they recognize young people because they're recognizing their future consumer base. Yeah. So it's interesting how, um, you know, how some businesses may not have any social media, and the reality is, is that's not a sustainable model. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's crazy. You know, I mean, it's like, it's a lot of what they're learning. I mean, there's definitely some valid points about all of this, about, you know, with young people or just generations in general. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, is there uh, anything else you want to share? Anything else that comes to mind? 
Uh, yeah, not at not at the moment. <laughs> okay. Well, I think. Uh, yeah, we're. I think we're gonna wrap this up. You're listening to Wisecast, Isabel. Thank you. So one quick thing too is Isabel is also going to be interviewing young people, so you will be hearing her voice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see what comes about for the future of Wisecast as we mm-hmm. try and interview more young people. So I hope you guys stay tuned, stay engaged, and uh, yeah, we look forward to doing more. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>